Good morning. This is the Blaine's World podcast that can be found each week on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. You can also listen in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You get more information and find out about some of our past shows at our website, www.blainsworld.net. I'm your host, Blaine Greenfield, and I'm here in my Zoom studio in lovely downtown Fairview, North Carolina. And uh, each week we focus on positive news and information about people and organizations in both Western North Carolina and throughout the country. And toward that end, it's my pleasure to introduce Natasha Kush, who's Transport Director at Shelter Dog Transport Alliance. And Natasha, you can feel free to wave to all your friends and friends who are watching this. So that's <laughs> Natasha. And uh, just in terms of background, Natasha, we talked about it in terms of being one woman with experience in animal rescue. She saw a problem with overcrowded rural animal shelters, for sure, leading to the euthanasia of healthy puppies and adult dogs. Instead of just um, commenting on the harsh reality of the ongoing situation, Natasha Kush did something about it in 2020. She did her homework. She talked with others in animal rescue. And soon, Shelter Dog Transport Alliance was one, driving deserving dogs in vans to northern areas in Canada to partnering shelters that help coordinate each animal's adoption into forever homes. Super concept, Natasha. But before we talk about it, let me ask you this. As a child, you grew up where? In Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. When you were a young woman growing up in Phoenix, Arizona, did you always know you wanted to do something with animals? No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. Okay. What? As a child, do you recall what you wanted to do? Um, I played competitive tennis. Okay. So and I was going to be a tennis, uh, a, t- a tennis uh, pro. Okay. And so, how long did you play tennis until when did you? So I was seventeen, eighteen. Okay. And so what got you into then uh, the animal shelter field? Um, I had, uh, you know, we always had a dog growing up, a family dog that we loved dearly, always went on vacations with and um, just comforting and, and brought a lot of humor and, and kind of a sense of stability to the family. So I think I've always, you know, raised with a dog and, and kind of been the family dog person. But um, I came to North Carolina about 11 years ago and started volunteering and, you know, with some of our, you know, Southern County shelters here. Um, I started out in Transylvania County volunteering there. Um, and I just was shocked to see these wonderful family dogs, you know, sitting in County shelters, um, day in and day out. Um, just some were being euthanized if, you know, there wasn't enough space or some were just languishing there for months and months at a time. Um, so yeah, I just started volunteering walking dogs and, um, you know, trying to take them to local adoptions and fostering. And then um, I had heard of, of of the option of transport being a rescue option. You know, you have local rescue adoption, you have fosters, and, you know, you can kind of count on that. Um, but sometimes that's just not enough to sustain, you know, the amount that you have. There's only so many local adopters um, so many local fosters and rescues. So I had heard of Northern relocation being an option to get these dogs out of shelters uh, here in the South where they're overpopulated into more Northern shelters where it was less populated. Um, and so I just went out and got some vans, bought some crates, called from friends and family. And and away we went. I, I took a, a plane trip up to New York and visited a few rescues up there, met with their staff, their um adoption counselors told them about who we were and what we were going to do and asked if they would help us and welcome our dogs in. And that was about three years ago. And we started with two, uh, what we call rescue families up in New York. And now we've got about 11 or 12 spread out through, you know, New England and into Canada. 
And so talk about the idea of a rescue family. So what happens that you identify, I guess, a dog in the North Carolina area, then what mm-hmm. happens? So um, we right now we're serving about over 20 county shelters throughout North Carolina and into Kentucky. Also, we support local rescues. So we'll go ahead, like, for example, today, I, I got an email from one of our receivers in New York saying, hey, we're looking forward to a transport from you. Um, can you come up on the 16th? I say, sure. So then I go ahead and send an email to, you know, some of my shelters just asking how they're doing. Some will say, hey, we're kind of okay for now. It's not great. And then some will say, hey, look, we are crowded to the gills. We're having to euthanize for space. So I kind of have them send me, you know, some candidates, some dogs that they feel would be great transport candidates. Um, And then I just kind of gather a list and then send that list up to my folks in New York and they say, bring them on up. Um, And that's exactly what we do. What makes a dog a perfect candidate for rescue? You know, I, I mean, you know, it depends on, you know, the, the rescues that I go to. I mean, you know, the dogs here in our shelter, some are just, like I said, great family dogs that get along with other dogs and are coming to the front of kennel tail wagging and they're young. Some are puppies. Um, some are seniors and, um, you know, they're shy. Um, I have a dog in Kentucky right now that was shot um, and, and has some, you know, medical needs, but is very sweet and kind and easygoing. So, you know, what makes a great transport dog is a dog that's not going to get picked down here. Um, and a dog that I feel is, um, going to, you know, enhance someone's life and, and again, either be a, a great family dog or a great companion dog up north. So pretty much a great transport dog is any dog that's just going to get picked over here, um, for no reason, um, you know, for no reason at all. So, so what's the oldest dog that you transported? We took a dog up that was hospice or 14 years old and wow, kind of really? needed hospice care. Maybe we felt maybe had another six months left to live, but still wagging the tail, still eating, still happy. Um, we did not want it to have to end its life in a shelter, a county shelter. So we sent that dog up and it lived out a great, I think, eight months, nine more months and had a wonderful life and, you know, blessed the family and, and had a, you know, a peaceful ending, not in a county shelter. Wow. What a great story. Talk about then, not necessarily that dog, but all the other dogs. So you identify them for transport, and then you take, how many do you take up at a time? Um, You know, it depends. You know, sometimes we'll have 40, 50 in the van, sometimes maybe 60, 70. Um, it just depends um, on, on what, uh, you know, Big Honey, our van, you know, fits a good amount. If I've got a mom with a litter of 10 puppies, um, that, that bumps my numbers up. Um, or, you know, I'll take up dogs that maybe might share a crate that are six months old and brother and sister. So it just really depends. But, you know, we probably, I would say average around 40 dogs per transport that we're sending up, give or take a little bit less or a little bit more. I mean, that's a pretty big uh, trip to take up. Do you do this all yourself or do you have somebody helping you? Um, a lot of the times I'll do the driving by myself. I do have a, a driver or two that will, you know, take care of. I have a shelter manager in McDowell County Animal Shelter, Brittany Wright. She does my runs sometimes up to New York. Um, and I've got another driver from Mitchell County Animal Rescue that will do the drive for me. Um, so we we rotate a little bit. I do I do all the drives to Canada. But um, when I first started the first two years, I did predominantly most of the drives. But over the last year or so, um, I've got an extra driver or two to help out. And aside from the driver, though, uh, when you're driving up. So it's just sometimes just you alone, the driver and nobody else. Do you have anybody helping you? 
I have usually a chihuahua in the front seat or a puppy in the front seat. <laughs> but no other people helping you? No, huh? When I go to Canada, sometimes the drive is a little bit more than 11 or 12 hours. And that's kind of my stopping point of when we feel like we need to get the dogs out of the van. So I have a, a mother and daughter team that meet me in New York around 6.30, 7 a.m. Um, and we walk all the dogs. We get them all out of the van, um, give them potty <laughs> breaks, give them biscuits, load them back in the van, and then I'll drive another hour or two north up into Canada. So I, I do have a team of folks that help me if my drive kind of exceeds what the limit of what we like to keep our dogs in the van for. But just listen to this. It seems like this pretty big logistical you know, situation to get 40 dogs out of North Carolina area or this area up to New York. So they get up to New York. What then happens? So they'll go, um, you know, we've got some, you know, traditionally we'll go to a couple, a handful of receivers when we go, we won't just go to one location. So, you know, when I go to New York, let's say next week, um, we'll stop at 530 in the morning and meet one of our, you know, rescue partners who is a foster based rescue where she actually fosters the dogs in her home. Um, she'll meet me at 530 in the morning, uh, you know, by the highway and we'll hand her two, three dogs. And I'll use her as an example for a dog that's really shut down or shy or scared. Um, and, and it needs to go from a shelter straight to a home, um, or, you know, a dog that's already used to being in a home. And then the next, you know, the next stop will be at one of my bigger shelters. Um, so the dogs will then go into some of our bigger shelters and rescues. They'll quarantine for a day or two, just relax a little bit. Staff gets to know them. Um, you know, they get some updated medical vetting and then, you know, as the staff gets to know them and the dogs kind of relax a little bit. Then they'll start taking photos and sign them up for spay-neuter appointments. Um, then they'll start posting that they're here with photos and they'll start taking applications. And usually within a lot of the times, it's just dependent. Sometimes within seven to 10 days, you know, a lot of the dogs are already in homes. Um, some dogs will take a little bit longer, some a little bit less. I have some rescues that we show up and that afternoon the dog is going into a home um, and is already adopted. So it just varies and, and, and is, you know, dependent. All I know is that when dogs get up north, um, you know, what we call it the length of stay, their length of stay being at that rescue or shelter um, is, is, is far less than what it is here in the South. And compare, like you said, to not only far less, sometimes yep. they never get adopted, you know. So, Absolutely. Yes, but, they never but, make it out. So, yes, all the shelters that we transfer and rescues are no kill, even if, Medically, something goes wrong or behaviorally, something goes wrong. You know, none of our dogs we're sending north are, are facing euthanasia. Now, here in this area, there have been talk about certain, I guess, shelters have no-kill philosophies, but not all do. Is that correct? They, they still have some shelters? Yeah, I mean, that's always a, you know, it's a debate. It's, 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 a, it's a touchy subject. Um, you know, Yes. Some rescues, local rescues say, look, we are not, you know, no kill in the sense we're only going to euthanize if it's a medical necessity um, or or just a severe act of aggression towards humans um, multiple times over and over. And the dog cannot be rehabilitated. And for human safety, this is what we have to do. So most of our local rescues, a lot of them do kind of hold that policy. Um, our local county shelters, you know, up until about a year or two years ago, um, a lot of them had achieved what we called kind of a 90% or a 95% right. no-kill rate yeah. where, you know, look, yes, we are having to euthanize some, again, either that's due to just medical necessity um, or or a, a, a severe behavioral aggression where we just feel like it is just not safe at all, um, you know, to have that dog out in the community. Um, unfortunately, 
you know, I, I mean, right now, some of our county shelters, it's 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 that's just not an option anymore to be no kill. They are having to euthanize for space just because of the volume of, of animals that are coming in. So, um, you know, the shelters I'm working with have county contracts, which means the county, you know, you, you, you know, they have a contract where they get funding from the county that they have to be a shelter, which means, you know, they're also doing, a, you know, what do you want to call it? like animal control so if there's strays running loose around you know those strays per the county need to have a place to go the problem is is when you have an excess amount of strays that have a place to go but they're sitting in a shelter where there's no room so the shelter then has to by nature make space um in order to you know provide now some shelters do what they call a controlled intake where they basically say look you know we can't take any more dogs because if we take more dogs we're gonna have to kill a dog um the problem is, is that's not really sustainable, um, because what if you and I are driving down, you know, the road and we see a dog come across? I mean, we, we, we would hope we would like to be able to take it somewhere. So a lot of the times, most of our shelters right now are on holds about taking owner surrender. So if you have a dog and you own it and you need to rehome it right now, a county shelter is not going to be your option because a county shelter is just trying to focus right now on public safety, taking strays in. The problem, though, then that leads us to is a lot of people find out about that. So then they dump their dogs. They will dump a puppy, you know, a box of puppies by the side of the road or dump puppies off in, in a parking lot or just let their dog loose out, drive them somewhere and just let them loose in the community um, and hope and pray. I guess they're not too concerned about that, that the dog's not going to hit or the puppies aren't you know, going to be harmed. And then someone in the community will find out about it and say, oh, there's a stray. And then the dog or puppy will then enter the shelter system. Let me ask so, you this, not that we want to give you more work here, but are you an option also, as you mentioned, very sad that you can't take care of your dog, so you want to give it up, the county won't take it. Are you an option for that person? You know, uh, yeah, our transport program is just exclusively just transport. We're just relocation. So I'm taking dogs from county shelters gotcha. up north. I don't actually have, basically our 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 property are our vans. Um, I don't have an actual rescue. Now, I partner with a rescue called Rusty's Legacy in Marion, North Carolina. That's kind of my mothership and 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 kind of our, our ground zero where we operate out of. And and Rusty's Legacy is a, a, a you know, a, a kennel and a rescue. Um, but predominantly, you know, Rusty's Legacy is supporting dogs out in McDowell County and those county shelters as well. So um, the challenges of that is even private rescues and local rescues are completely inundated um, and are trying to act as overflow for our county shelters. So to be honest with you, you know, somebody calls me and says, I've got a dog. I own it. I I, I need to get rid of it. I, you know, I, I this is what we're communicating to people. You know, try to find another option because you take it to a county shelter and there's a possibility yeah. that, you know, um, that that it could be euthanized or, you know, taking up some space. So So, yeah, there's no good option right now for your dog if you want to own or surrender it. Or let me ask you, you just gave an interesting thought, I think, to folks. So if you have a dog you want to surrender, you can still surrender them, them to county uh, places. Is that correct? Not necessarily. If the county is full right oh, now, right. they'll hold owner surrenders because they've got to keep it open for strays. Gotcha. Okay. So, so tough situation. Yeah, so, so that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I think most county shelters right now have wait lists for you, you know, wanting to surrender your animal. Again, they're prioritizing just strays, you know, or you know, injured dogs and they can't find an owner. That's going to be it right now. That will take precedent. Since 2020, approximately how many dogs have you transported? 
Um, I think our number is around 7,000. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And is this an ongoing thing? Like every week, every month you're doing these? Yeah. You know, three times, about three to four times a month, we're sending, running up transports. And so you have, so the next one's coming up when? Uh, Thursday the 15th. Okay. And, And you're driving that one? Um, no, actually, uh, Brittany Wright, the shelter manager, at McDowell County Animal Shelter, is going to drive that for me. Okay, and they, but that's quite a trip. So they, that's uh, anywhere 10, 15 hours sometimes. Um, yeah, you know, we'll, yeah, about no, I would say less than that, about twelve hours. We drive straight through. Wow, that's quite a trip. Is it when you're driving? I, I'm just trying to imagine this. Is it very loud when you're driving? You have all these dogs? No, you know, we all, uh, we begin our transport at Smoky Park Supper Club um, on Riverside Drive in Asheville. They've been very generous about allowing us to launch our transports from there. We usually have an army of volunteers that show up and walk all of our dogs for about 30, 40 minutes before they go on transport. Everybody's had a big potty break. Everybody's been ran or walked around, got a lot of TLC, and they're usually tired and starting winding down. We load them up in the van. Everybody's got a nice little cushy binky. They've got water. They've got some biscuits. And then like kind of babies, I'll hit the road and we'll get on the freeway. And once we hit about 50, 60 miles an hour, about 30, 40 minutes in the drive, most everybody, nine times out of 10, is is kind of bedded down for the night and, and stays real quiet. We've got a climate control van. We've got a secondary custom AC heat unit. Um, it's nice and quiet. You know, we drive really responsibly. And uh, again, they're kind of like little babies in the night. They just most most of the time, everybody's just sleeping straight through the night. We keep the van really comfortable for everybody. And talk about that in terms of the actual drive. So you drive at night primarily? Yeah, always at night through the night, less traffic. It's less concerned about any, you know, if there's in the summertime, especially driving through the night ensures that in case we do have any issues, you know, it's not 90 degrees. And then again, there's just less traffic and it's, it's easier on the dog schedule. Um, to be in the crate where it's dark and it's it's kind of goes along with their biorhythm. And I figure we're outnumbered. There's usually 40 of them <laughs> and one of us. And so they they kind of we lose the vote when it comes to when they would probably <laughs> most likely want to drive. So we go at night because, again, we're outvoted. And to your credit, boy, on those nights, you don't get much sleep. I get I take it. Um, none. You get none. So you, you saw it at what time? Um, we'll leave, you know, like when I last went to Canada, you know, we'll leave Asheville around 7.15, 7.30 at night um, and arrive, you know, 7.30, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. the next morning. And then when you get to wherever you're going, do you then stay over or you come right back? No, come right back for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, to your credit, and you can do that, two, two drives back to back like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's quite something. You mentioned also, and give a shout out to them, so the, the supper club, so what happens? That that's where everybody meets, and then they, you put them into the the van at that point in time. Yep. Yep. Okay, it's great that they allow you to do that. You know, it's a great uh, service they're offering to the community. Talk about something else you and I talked about off the air. You have this great logo, and if you can show it and talk a little bit about where you came up with the idea of that logo. Yeah, it's uh, there. It is right there. Um. We, uh, you know, when I started the transport, Shelter Dog Transport Alliance, you know, we, uh, you know, I felt like we needed a logo. And so uh, we approached a local artist, Andy Harrod, um, who has a studio in the Cotton Mill studio, um, Andy Harrod Studios. Um, He just uh, has great designs and great spirit. And I knew he was a big animal lover. Um, He actually has painted on the side of his studio, Linda. His dog, Linda, is painted on the side there. 
um, as you're going over the bridge over the French Broad into downtown Asheville, you look down to the right, you can see this big mural of his dog. So we all felt that he was a great fit uh, to come up with our logo. Um, we, uh, I went and visited him and he had actually just came back from being out of town um, and he had just rescued a dog himself named Buddy, um, who was coming from a pretty bad circumstance. And, uh, you know, we said, look, we'll see if we can get Buddy fixed up, get him neutered and get him heartworm tested and, and get him all straightened up for you if you would, if you would uh, put a logo out for us. And so he came up with the logo and this is his, his uh, dog Buddy on it. Um, just as a good emblem of, of, you know, a rescue dog and, and away we went and we've got, you know, our logo now on hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops. Well, you're, um, you're, you're wearing one now too, is that correct? Yes, on, yes on, I am. Sweatshirt there. So yes. do you have it on the side of your van? Do you have the logo also? We do on, on one of our vans. We, we have, we have two vans, big kitty, which is our cat transport, kitten transport or puppy transport van. We have it written on that. And then uh, big honey is our big dog transport. And we do have that logo on that van. And talk about, then you just mentioned it. Um, I didn't realize you also uh, work with cats as well. Mm -hmm. Transport yep. cats. Yes. Yep. So cats and kittens. Same kind of procedure. You uh... Same thing. We don't walk them at Smoky Park Supper Club. Um <laughs> But we will uh, bring them over to the supper club and put them in the office there. They're gracious and allow us to kind of keep them in their climate-controlled office and their little carriers. Um, they hang tight there while the vet inspects everybody, takes them over. We'll give them some wet food, let them hang out a little bit, and then uh, load them in the van and, and send them on their way north. How often do you do the uh, cat transports? Um, usually maybe once a month. We'll do a high-volume kitten transport or okay. cat transport, just dependent. And these cats are, where do you get them from? Same thing to the shelters? Uh, county shelters or local rescues. Um, we've fortunately been able to help Esther Neonatal Alliance, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful local community rescue for kittens um, or county shelters will help. It just depends who who kind of needs our help or who may be full or just who needs, who just has a backlog of cats and kittens in their care that they need to move north. So in terms of moving north, do they then call you or you call them? How do you get the... We That's usually together. sit on a regular schedule where, you know, usually the third week of the month, we'll go on a certain route to particular receivers once a month, or we'll go to Canada once a month. So we're, for the most part, on a regular monthly schedule um, with our receivers. So it's, um, they learn, you know, we kind of expect that we will head up, you know, the third week of, of every month to this particular receiver. Now, to pull this off, I assume you need more than one person other than yourself. In other words, you have the yeah. brunt of it. Do you take or work with volunteers? Yeah, we. I, that's a, a huge asset that we have. We have an army of volunteers. Um, I've got a great board of directors that's very active. Um, anytime we post things on Facebook, you know, we kind of get what we need. Uh, we usually have a good 40 to 50 people at Smoky Park Supper Club just kind of waiting there. Um, I've got a gal that comes to my house and she cleans all the crates. Um, you know, when I get back, um, my mother-in-law cleans the buckets and the towels. So yeah, I, I mean, that's the, the one gift that we have is, is we do, we have a, a good amount of volunteers, um, you know, to help with, uh, just the breakdown of the van and, and, and the dog walking and, you know, some of the logistics that go along with it. If somebody wants to volunteer, what do they do? Um, you can go to our website, shelterdogtransportalliance.com. It's 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 got a volunteer option, a tab that you can click on it and can tell you all about the different opportunities you can if you wanted to volunteer with us, dog walking to driving to fostering, you know, click on or you know, tells you a little bit more about it. And then there's a link to click on if you want more information and that would put us put you in touch with us. And then 
you know, you'd send us an email or a text or a phone call, and then we would continue the conversation from there. And if I can, you just repeat that website again is what? Yeah. Shelterdogtransportalliance.com. Shelterdogtransportalliance.com. Okay. And assume that um, you're always looking for volunteers. Like typically, how many volunteers do you have working for you? Um, you know, I don't, you know, we've got kind of, I would say a good 15 to 20 core volunteers that are consistently, you know, showing up on transport night that helps with setups and puppy pens and, you know, directing traffic and loading the van and taking care of the van. So, you know, we, you know, the biggest volunteer need right now that we have are fosters um, to be able to do be a, a short term foster, either, you know, take a puppy or two or an adult dog into your home, foster it, just give it a safe place to crash. Um, you know, for two weeks, three weeks maximum, um, and then the dog will go up on transport. That's our biggest volunteer re- need right now is is getting people to hold tight to some of these dogs that have a ticket out of here. They have a place to go. It's just I may not have another transport till another two weeks or this week is booked, but the, the you know, a week or two later is open. Um, you know, that's uh, that's saving a life by allowing that dog just to come to your house, foster it, and then we get it back up on transport. So it's a very low commitment in the sense of you're just fostering for a very specific short-term period of time. Um, and then you can follow that dog's journey or that puppy's journey north to whatever rescue it's going to end up at. Can you foster for just a, a, a short period of time also and just one dog? Or cat I mean, you time? can foster as many as you want. Right. <laughs> The uh, but same thing to cats as well. You're looking for foresters for them, Forster. yeah. They're always kittens, cats, yeah, absolutely. And so, lastly, I'll ask you in terms of um, when you talk about um, the cats and dogs, uh, you're rescuing it. Um, anything else you want to mention to people that they should be aware of? Um, you know, spay and neuter. I mean, we we really wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. I mean, you seem like a nice guy. This is a nice night out. It's good that we're chatting here. But like, it's, you know, this conversation probably shouldn't even be happening if we were able to manage our population. Um, you know, and that's a lighter note of it. The the darker side to it is that we shouldn't have dogs and cats um, going into, you know, what are supposed to be shelters um, and, and never getting the opportunity to leave uh, because they're getting euthanized. Um, so, you know, we're able to send dogs to the North in Canada because they've, they're able to manage their population through spay and neuter, um, and humane animal welfare laws. Um, you know, if, if, if I, I, you know, I love transport, it's a life-saving, you know, measure. Um, but I would prefer to put all my eggs in the basket and all our funding and all our everything and all our efforts into spay and neuter. Um, and then there's no need to put 40 dogs in a van and have to drive them through the night. Um, anyway, so yeah, just, spay neuter. Do, do what you're supposed to. And I just want to thank you, Natasha, for providing the service to, I guess, so it's not just Buncombe County. It's all throughout Western North Carolina. No, it's extends to the other side oh, of the state. We hit Martin County and, you know, into Kentucky. So we're a, across the whole state of North Carolina. Do other people do other, other services doing the same kind of thing as you? Uh, there are transports, other other agencies and companies that are or humane societies that are running transport, um, you know, some out of different, you know, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, but, uh, you know, we're right now the ones that are covering Western North Carolina mostly or, or, or kind of have our hands here. But but yes, there are other humane societies and other rescues that are are, are doing transport and relocation. Well, anyway, 
at least in this area, I'd like to thank you for all the good work you do, Natasha. I also thank my producer, Cappy Tassetti, and we'll hopefully bump into you some point in time or I'll see you on the road with 40 dogs or cats in the Sounds van. Sounds good. And that'd oh. be great. So anyway, thanks again for joining us and we'll hopefully bump into each other sometime. Thanks, Sounds Natasha. Good. Bye-bye.